And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. I haven't had a Tootsie Roll pop in a long time, Doc Manson. At Doc Manson, when was the last time you had a Tootsie Roll pop? Oh, geez. Um, been a while. Yep. It's been a while, DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. It's been a while. What was your favorite flavor of the Tootsie Roll pops? Uh, for those who do not know, in case you maybe you're in the UK, uh, Tootsie Roll pop is a lollipop, or some others call it a sucker. Um, that is popular here in the U.S., or maybe it, it was. I don't know if it still is. Uh, did you have a favorite flavor? I don't know. I think purple was my least favorite. Interesting. Okay. But I think I kind of liked all the other ones, more or less. Um, the chocolate one was oh, always my, the weirdest, but I oh liked it. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I liked the uh, cherry <coughs> one and the orange one. Mm-hmm. I think that was all, right? There they was had a raspberry one. It was like a kind of like a darkish pink is that what I'm thinking of instead of the cherry? Or No, they had a red one. It was red, orange, purple, brown, and then that raspberry-ish one. Huh. I don't really remember it. But yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Probably the chocolate one, I guess. But I remember in middle school, <clears throat> we had a fundraiser for something, and we were selling Tootsie Roll Pops. And I had to like save up my allowance for two weeks to pay off the amount of Tootsie Roll Pops that I ate in that two or three week span. Like we probably got a box. Everybody got a box of like a hundred and I probably and you ate, just ate them all yourself. 70. Wow. I don't know. They're, they're good, man. They're good. I uh, will say, I think I thought that the chocolate ones were both good and gross. Like, because they're not actually chocolate, you know no. what I mean? If you want chocolate, you want chocolate, and that's not chocolate. Yeah. But they were also whatever they were in and of themselves. <clears throat> quite they tasty. were they were chocolate flavored kind of. I loved them though. Those are my favorite ones of the Yeah. When, <laughs> if I were to get a bag, those are the ones that I'm pulling out, you know, sort of setting aside somewhere for myself. Um the entire reason I bring it up, no one's gonna know this, but when Doc does the one, two, three countdown for us to start the show, he often sounds like Mr. Owl. It's um, true. I do. I'm out of from my way the, like from the, the great, probably what, 70s cartoons, maybe 80s, that commercial was. I mean, we definitely saw him throughout the 80s. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt if it originated in the 70s. Mr. Owl, how many bites does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center? Or how many licks, rather? How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center? Were you, and remember, I'm talking about candy here. Were you a were you an actual liquor like full tongue action? Did you nibble a little bit? Uh, I think I probably popped that whole thing in my side of my mouth in the cheek there. And then after a while, I probably bit it until it broke. And then from there, although I will say once as a child, I was inspired by that commercial. And I did. I did see how many licks it took to get to the center of the Tootsie Roll Pop, and I did eat one entire one that way. Um, I do not remember what the count was, unfortunately. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was high. <laughs> well, because at that point, you know, are, are, you, are you focusing, this is, this is all out of context, 
just hilarious. Are you focusing the tongue on one specific point to try yes. to? You're not doing like an all-encompassing thing. You're trying to get to the center. I think I actually started with the all-encompassing thing where I was like, I'm not going to focus on one area. And I quickly realized what folly that would be. Yeah. And You'd then, still be doing it right now. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, you've got that thicker ridge of candy yes. around the, the like the equator. Yeah. So, you, like, you want to avoid that, too. You go for the thin area. To really maximize the leakage. You're really going for the tip. Oh, yeah. Do you think when they made it, somebody in the boardroom was like, you know, folks. No, I do not. In fact, I I think they said this is a. This kind of looks a little like. A piece of asparagus. Those white asparagus, man. I had asparagus this week and I thought of you. I almost took a photo and sent you a picture. Oh, yes. The the um, I also want to know about the garlicky cabbage as well. Yeah, you're not going to be thrilled with my response to the garlic. I don't cabbage. need you. I don't need you to like everything I like. We can we can have different tastes. I like the idea of it. And I do like the idea of garlicky cabbage. I do think some chunks of cabbage that I had with garlic flavor were quite tasty. Mm-hmm. Um, we even combined it with some uh, chunked up chicken breast. Yep. And it was quite, it was tasty. However, the garlic was overwhelming. Oh, yes. You, I think that needs to be mitigated by a, gar, by a protein or I tossed it in <coughs> with some noodles. You I know. think I ate it on rice. And even that, it was still too much garlic. I could see like um, if you took that and then you added... Like one quarter that, mm-hmm. three quarters unflavored cabbage. Oh, true. Like to cut it that way. Yeah, that's that a great might point. work. That might yeah. work. Um, yeah. It was good though, like overall, but just but yeah, it, it is real it is, garlic. It is pungent, and it is. And there are no other really flavors. Like garlic. Yeah, and I, I don't have a problem with garlic. Like I don't. I'm not overly sensitive to it. I don't think. But no, eh, that, that particular meal was a bit much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I still haven't done the apple popovers. Oh, they're so good. So, you know, apple popovers, maybe that could be a thing someday. So good. So good. We got them in the the freezer. We're going to try them. They're going to be great. I was going to say, I'm not I'm not presuming that you would would ever text your wife in order and say, hey, how about those apple blossoms? No, no. I think if I just say it loud enough in the house, maybe she'll hear. Okay. Um, we got to go back to this because I need to know. Uh, Tootsie Roll Pops, Blow Pops, Dum Dums, what's your ranking? I think my answer will will be different now than it was as a child. I think as a child, Dum Dums were a distant, distant last place. However, I think I've come to appreciate the Dum Dums since then. Um... They're just a small little flavor burst. They've got Mm -hmm. a nice variety of flavors. They're a nice itty bitty treat, even if they are tiny. And it sort of seems like a lollipop for children. Um, I feel a little awkward with them in my mouth sometimes. But they even do like those, um, you know, mystery flavors sometimes. And even those can be quite tasty and fun. Um, As a kid, though, I think I preferred the flavor of your traditional... um, what was it called again? 
the the bubblegum one? Blow pop. Blow pop. I can think of it. I think I really liked the flavor of the blow pop candy. And the thing is, if you just chunked that stuff up, because again, I was a chewer for my for my <sighs> lollipops. If you just chewed it all together with a, still a thick casing of candy on it, you could just swallow the gum. Um, and it didn't re- like, and then you got the flavor of the candy and the gum and wasn't really that, you know, that gum consistency since there was all the candy in it. So like that was like an ultimate, like super sweet mixture of really intense flavors. I think maybe blow pops even at some point came in like a blue raspberry flavor. Sure. And those were good as well. And so <clears throat> I think the Tootsie Roll pops probably were like a second place for me as a kid. Yeah. But again, now I think Dum Dums might be at the top. And now I'm thinking about the flavors of those blow pops still sound pretty good to me. But uh, the, t- the Tootsie Rolls, Tootsie Roll pops, I think also could be quite good. I don't. Mm, ah, mm, you're asking me to make hard decisions here, <clears throat> DC. This is this is what we do. Um, I will say the variety of flavors. I was never really a Dum Dums person because they were so small. I was like, well, what's the point of this? Um, but the variety was great. I still don't know how I feel about root beer flavored candy. Oh, root beer barrel is awesome. Ever had just a root beer barrel? I must candy? have. I must have. But those are good. Um, but root beer, what, like the dum dum? Yeah. Those are okay. They're not as intensely flavored as the root beer barrel. So. Um, <clears throat> no, yeah, and, I mean, they're good. and I was never really a blue raspberry person, but again, the, the, the variety was nice. The, the blow pop I always found, I'd, I'd never needed the gum. I wanted the pop. Well, that's why you had to just eat it. Like it was part of the candy, yeah. which I realize it makes me sound like a psychopath, but <laughs> it is what it is. You're oh, right. Man. The quality of that gum. No, not good. The quality of most gum. Really? Like, it's 2024. We have to have a way to have gum where the flavor lasts longer than, although I'm not a scientist. Longer with Big Red! <laughs> Maybe from a scientific standpoint, like, there's a reason why gum can't have the flavor for a super long time. I love when he goes to Google. <clears throat> um, but, you know, I remember we were juicy fruit people. My, my dad, who was a smoker, Love you, champ, but it's true. Um, always had packs of juicy fruit in his car or in, you know, there was this little cabinet where he like kept his keys and things in the kitchen. And I could always count on there being some juicy fruit in there. But I felt like juicy fruit, five minutes. You got five minutes of good tasting gum, and then it was just a wad of rubber in your mouth. I mean, I think that's pretty much true of all the gums, whether you're talking about Bubblicious or... Uh... That other one. Fruit Stripe. Oh, I mean, Fruit Stripe was the worst. Fruit Stripe was tasty for a precisely <laughs> half of one second. <laughs> and then the sugar was gone. Um, it was really tasty for that half a second. but It was oh delicious. God, it was, and then, yeah. like, I remember buying a pack of Fruit Stripe gum and it lasting maybe an hour before I had, like, consumed the entire thing because I just kept adding more gum to get the flavor 
So eventually I've got like an everlasting gobstopper sized thing in my mouth. Just I think I did that with just like the big old chunks of Bubblelicious. Yeah. Too. Like, because once the sugar would start to go, I didn't want to spit it out. So I just add another one, add another yeah. one. Then you'd have like five or six pieces yeah. of gum in your mouth. Eventually your jaw is like <laughs> yeah. And you're just like drooling all over yourself out of the corners of your mouth. Oh, oh to be a child and disgusting again. Oh, man. I, I never got into Big League Chew. I had it a couple of times, and it was quite tasty. Um, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, marketing a, a, a children's bubble gum after the style of chewing tobacco yeah. probably probably wasn't the most, wasn't the best move, I guess. I remember it was always really hard to find, and I think that probably was why, right? I don't know. It was tasty, though. Remember bubble tape? Yeah, I remember bubble tape. Six feet of bubble gum for you, not them. It always used to remind me of fruit by the foot, too. Oh, yeah. Same sort of idea. Spencer, of course, uh, was was way cooler for uh, I just I just Googled it and I'm like, that was really what I wanted. I wanted to be able to be like in the middle of class, just pull out my, you know, bubble tape thing and everybody being like, oh, my God, he's so cool. He's got that ever happened. Uh, No. Come on. I I don't know. I think I was probably in college before maybe ever once anyone looked at me and went, oh, he's so cool. I'm not. And even that happened in college. Was I there? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) I think whatever I had done, you know, would have been punctuated by the loud laughter of Doc Manson. And then everyone would have been like, oh, he's the cool one. <clears throat> the one the viciously nobody liked. <laughs> the one that's cool for a little while. Yeah, yeah, it's not very endearing though. No, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I was cool at some point, but I highly doubt. It. I think you were cool. Highly doubt it. When I was drunk, <laughs> I thought you were cool when, born out of spite, we decided. <laughs> Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How you doing, DC? How's your week been? Uh, it has been pretty good. Um, Everybody at home has been waiting with uh, bated breath to see if you were relieved of your duties this week after after the no, awful. No, I am. I am still gainfully employed for whatever that's worth. Um, there, there is some definite, uh, iciness, I think, um, or, or maybe, maybe a way to actually say that was things are, are coolly professional. Like, you know, there was a, there was a discipline issue or two last week. It was handled. We talked about the details enough to set out what we needed to set out. I was grateful vocally for the assistance and we moved on. So I, I, you know, I suppose I don't need to be buddy, buddy with my direct superior. That's probably actually not how you're supposed to do things. So. Yeah. I mean, it's less on you, more on them. They should be friendly with their um, employees, but not friends. It's. Uh, from what I have heard, having talked to uh, somebody who is 
uh, slightly more in the know than I am. Um, this person is having a hard time on a variety of fronts and is currently fighting battles with multiple people in in my area. So I don't necessarily think it's just me. I think they're having a very hard time. And a rough go of it. it. It seems like they're having a rough go of it. And okay. there's a small piece of me that feels bad. Um, and a larger piece of me that's like, <laughs> this is you, you set this up for yourself. Yeah. So yeah. I don't How know. How bad can you really feel? It's yeah. 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 What about, what about you? <clears throat> when, when last we spoke, uh, you were expecting, you were getting, um, requests. Many people wanted to to meet you and chat about whatever it is that college students want to chat to their professors about. Um, I assume you assuaged all of their concerns and handed out extra credit like it was bubble tape and, and you know, passed it along, correct? Um, yeah, that, let's go with that. It's fine. I don't know. Like, again, like, I don't mean to come off like I'm just complaining or whatever, because... I do think meeting with students is valuable. If I didn't, I wouldn't do it, right? I would do the bare minimum. I would do my, I would do two or three hours of group office hours a week, and that would be it. I'd tell everybody else, too bad, so sad, I don't want to see you. Um, but, you know, it, so I think it's worthwhile for me to meet with students, and hopefully I am making positive impressions on some of them but like you know sometimes you have those meetings and they're like i'm not doing as well as i want to do and you're like well what are you doing what's your current studying and they're like well i've been doing this and i've been doing that and you're like okay well what about this third thing and they're like oh i'm doing that and you're like oh well what about this fourth thing i'm doing that what about this fifth thing? I'm doing that. Well, are you doing it this way? Absolutely, I'm doing it that way. And what about this thing over here? Are you doing it like this? Yes, I am. And then, you know, it's just like this conversation where you're like, well, I've, and I will literally at some point tell them, like, well, look, I've got nothing. It's not a satisfying answer. I don't really have anything else to tell you. Like, I mean, it sounds like you're doing the things that you should be doing. So, <clears throat> but are they? Well, yeah. I mean, but I'm not going to call them out on it. I'm not going to be like, look, if you were, if you were really doing this, <laughs> but I mean, because so, for all I know, they might really be doing it and they might just really be bad. bad. Yes. Y you know, that what is I mean? an option, so, but it's also an option that had you not brought it up because I'm not accusing you of leading the witness, but it does seem like you are offering them suggesting because in my head, all right, I go into office oh, hours yeah. with a professor. I, you're, you're absolutely right. Like I am leading the witness when I first start the conversation and I say, what are you doing? That's my attempt not to lead the witness. Then everything I say from that point are my suggestions. And so I was just suggesting that the meetings where they where this in, where an individual jumps in saying, oh, I've been doing that. Those are the most frustrating because I don't know if I believe them or not. And ultimately, it just sort of diffuses any advice I might have. Right. Because they claim to already be doing it. So it's just like, well, why are you here? Why are you meeting with me? I have nothing else to offer you. <clears throat> Again, if I'm going in, my goal is I want 
my I want extra credit. I want my grade changed. I want so I'm going to try to make the case that I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I am I am studying exactly the way I should study, and it's not good enough. And then hope that you, as the professor, say, "Oh, so it's the problem's not you. It must be me or the test or whatever." So clearly, you're trying hard. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. I'll give you, you know, I'll move your grade from a sixty to a seventy or a whatever it is. And the problem, so, like, and maybe that is what they're hoping for. But a, I'm not going to do it. No, and B, nobody asks either. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Towards the end of the semester, I will get emails from people asking for extra credit straight up. But those are just people who are their last ditch effort. You know what I mean? Um, but like you, I know uh, mid semester like this, I never get anybody in the office. Who's like really asking that of me. They know I'm not going to do it. At least I guess they know I'm not going to do it again. There must be some professors who are doing it, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm not giving grades. I just keep score. Um, especially if, do you say that? Um, because I probably I don't think I say it often. I've probably have said it once or twice, but it's not like something I say often. I, I think that would be a fantastic for the syllabus <clears throat> and B, that is how you should start every lecture. Hello. I'm, you know, welcome. <laughs> welcome to uh, biology 215. As always, I am Doc Manson, the scorekeeper. <laughs> I actually start most of my lectures with good morning biochemistry. Do you really? Uh, not quite like that. Okay. But I usually will start with some, uh, basically those three words though. Good morning biochemistry. We'll see this, your faces. Dumbfounded. Is this, is this 8 a.m.? Uh, 9.05 is the early one. It's not as bad. No, it's not. If it was 8 a.m., I'd be sure to give them the true Robin Williams version. No, I think at that point you break out the trumpet. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I don't <coughs> think that's true. Like, I don't think I, I am giving grades. I'm just keeping track of how they do on the assessments. I mean, and everybody has an equal opportunity to perform on those assessments. Now, I will say, like, you know, if there were a systemic issue with an assessment, then I might throw a question out or something that would adjust the grades for everyone. Yeah. That would be sort of like me saying, well, this, that would be like a referee in the game being like that play was not please, good. Please continue with the <laughs> sports analogy, Doc Manson. You know, I'm so good with it. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's really the same thing as adjusting an individual's grade, I, you know. No. And, you know, we've had this conversation throughout your time working at, <clears throat> at this level. Do you think I just should when people come in and no. they're like, no, I no, I don't. If I have somebody come into my office after the final, I've got a 58 and I'm supposed to graduate and I'm not going to graduate because of your <laughs> class. Am I supposed to just bump them up to a 60 and send them on their way? Well, I, I, I am sure there are some would, that would say yes. The, the issue that you have is that you are, and we've talked about this as well, 
you are in one of those gatekeeping. You're a scorekeeper and, quote, unquote, a gatekeeper. So, you know, somebody who is that close to graduating, I say this as someone who did not do college as well as I know that I could have, um, should not be going to their professor at the 11th hour or really any hour and being like, without this, I can't graduate. If you've made it this far, <clears throat> ideally you are able to do something with the material. I ideally you're able to do something with this. You know, I it's a, it's a completely different situation, but I did a project in my graduate year and it was not very good. I knew it was not very good, but I submitted it and meeting with the professor who was not the nicest person and she's like you know, this is not, a, you, you asked a question in which you probably could have told me the answer before you did the research. And you then said, oh, yes, I was right. This is not an A paper. And I said, okay. And there was this pause, like she was waiting for, I don't know, if it, for me to fall on the floor or argue. And she was like, this is, and she said it like three times. This is not A quality work. And I was like, okay. And she was like, I have to give you a B. And I'm like, I wanted to be like, lady, I am four weeks from graduating. I don't care what you give me. <clears throat> I'm going to have a master's degree. There is a good chance I am going to get a job. If you need to give me a B and you want me to feel bad about it, I'll frown a little bit. But <laughs> Or I'll take the B and get the hell out of my life. So... <laughs> I mean, maybe it, she was waiting for you to say, well, what do I need to do to get it to A-level work? What do you need me to do? And at that point, I had no, I was like, there's nothing I'm willing to do. I'm But done. at the same time, like if, if thinking back to it myself in school, I don't know that I ever would have replied to a professor that way either. Yeah. I think I just would have been like, oh, that sucks. I, you right. know, th- there is an element of you took the time to email me. And again, people could go too far on the other side you took the time to email me you took the time to come in and meet with me you are obviously seeking to improve i there's a part of that that's like is that worth something maybe i mean it's worth something in terms of (laughs) my estimation of you as a person it shows to me that you care about your performance. It shows to me that maybe, depending on how you've done it, you are tenacious. You have that ability to persevere. Um, all good things, potentially, for a letter of recommendation, particularly a letter of recommendation where perhaps the grade is not stellar. But at the same time, it's not yeah. going to enter into the grade calculation. I don't think you need to. I think, again, especially at that level. I, took I do a, think the thing that is weird, not to, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. No, you sorry. Go. No, go ahead. I was going to say, the thing I think is weird, especially about my course is, I don't think anyone should be taking it the last semester of their senior year. Yeah. It's technically an introductory level course. And it's got this reputation for being challenging so like some people put it off, a lot of people put it off, but really they should be taking this course the second semester of their sophomore year. And if they did that and did poorly, 
they would still have four semesters with which to come back and try again. Yeah. Like, well, and, and you've said you would ideally like this to be a two semester class. Yes, absolutely. So it wouldn't in that, be exactly split, but, but yes. Yeah. You know, cause then whether it's their, whether it's sophomore year, junior year, maybe somewhere in between. Um, I honestly yeah. think like the first semester if I did get a two semester sequence, it would basically stay the way it is. The first semester would have all would have would still be required the way this course is now. And the second semester would probably just be for folks with a hard science program background. Yeah. Where they wanted more biochemistry. Like, I don't think you would need to have the nursing folks or the pharmacy folks or the pre-medical, pre-dental I don't think they would need to take that second half of the course necessarily. I think you could get them enough in a one semester course um, that was chopped down even from what this current course is. Yeah. The, the second semester of your senior year should be spent doing as little as possible. Pretty much. You know. Not this course. Yeah. No. I, I tried <laughs> my senior year. To take a my second semester of senior year, I tried to do student teaching, which was a full time job and take a history like thesis level class. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do both. It was too much. And I had to drop it. So fun fact, I did not technically graduate in the May of my senior year. I had to go back that summer and take uh, like an anthropology writing class. And the history of hip hop, and was well, your undergraduate or graduate degree? Undergraduate. Yeah, actually, I think me too. I technically went back that summer and took like communications one hundred or something. Yeah, I um, did take- only because I needed just like two more credits of general ed- gen eds. Yeah, I had switched <clears throat> my major. I think like it's the second half of junior year. And that meant I basically had to take all of the courses required for that major. That's why I had to fit those into like three semesters. And I did it. But yeah, it just it was it was tight. It was yeah. tight at the end there. Um, yeah. And they had said, don't take you shouldn't take any other classes. But like just do student teaching. You have a seminar that goes with it. Just do that. And I like an idiot tried i think like i know better i think the fall semester i tried to give myself a little bit of an easier load and then figured i could take this one additional class turns out i couldn't they wanted me going to like the connecticut state library and doing you know research for this thesis and i was like i can't like i don't have the time or the energy to be able to do that i can't leave in the middle of the day leave my classroom so history hip-hop was a good class though I had to write a battle rap in which it was encouraged, if not mandatory, to insult the the person you were supposedly rapping's mother. In Communications 100, I knew myself a communications major, and I got in touch with them and said, hey, can I borrow your notes for this class? And upon the first day of going to that class with said person's notes, I realized that these notes were immaculate. They were word for word, everything the professor was saying verbatim. And I said, I'm never going to come to this class again outside of the exam days. 
And that worked out for me. Also, I married that person who took uh, those notes. I was going to say, I'm like, I have a feeling I know where this is going. <laughs> this was far before we were ever. Uh, yes, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. She yeah. takes immaculate notes. That's good to know. I should have had her go to Math 102 for me because I also went, then stopped. It didn't work out as well. No, no, I guess not. Um, the wrestling news. Of- hey, Dillinger's back. That was cra- that, that was kind of crazy. I don't know why I know that, but that broke through my little bubble field. And I <coughs> that that was kind of crazy. Somebody had, uh, you know, I think I saw it on Reddit or something like that. And I was like, no, he's not. And then I went and looked at the YouTube. Nope, there he is. And I was like, okay. And he's Am not I to understand. Except- they called him Sean Spears. Yes. That's interesting. That was the weird part was that he's not Ty Dillinger. He's going by that name. So I'm like, so you either. Worked out a deal. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, if I just said it loud enough. You're the best. All right. You have some, you have some like whipped cream with it, or is it just no plain? whipped cream? Although we do have some vanilla ice cream that could have been put on the side here, a la mode. I mean, she's taking it back, folks. She's a very, not only does she take There's a, a good chance that she doesn't come back at all. She just throws this in the garbage can. She comes back and she's doused it in scotch and she's like, here, eat this. <laughs> I don't think that would mean anything to her, but yeah, that would no, be fantastic. It shouldn't mean do. anything to her. We reference yeah. we referenced that in this house last week. <clears throat> um that was bad. That was a bad idea. It was a bad idea, but they got the point across. Um Yes, so Sean Spears is back. Now, he and Tyler Breeze own a wrestling school. And Tyler Breeze has been affiliated with WWE. I don't know if he's on a Legends deal or what, but he shows up sometimes doing, like, live streams or whatever. Um, I wonder if he's back, Sean Spears, maybe in some sort of coaching capacity in addition to, uh, you know, being on NXT, but... Hey, good for him. We are one step closer to the return of the Iconics, which really, I I like the Iconics. You really think they did come back? Well, Sean Spears is married to one half of them, so I know. Which half? uh, Peyton Royce. All right. So there's a chance. I don't know. Um, Outside of that, and William Regal's son winning the NXT Heritage Cup, Uh, The major news out of wrestling has been somewhat sad. We've lost a couple of people. Um, One. Who have we lost? I I heard about Virgil. Virgil was today. Uh, Ole Anderson, one of the original four horsemen. Um, And most importantly, I know Banks email. I saw Banks is going to ask us to talk about Ole at some point. The most important thing. Oh, there's the ice cream. She's too, she's so good. Uh, And the lactate, my goodness. You're the best. Uh, We will, we will, we're going to pause here. We will continue to talk about Ole Anderson um, a little later. But right now I want, I want a taste test and an appraisal of this apple blossom. I mean, it's apple-y. It's warm. Mm-hmm. 
It's got vanilla ice cream on it. It's pretty dang tasty. Yeah, these are good. We tried Monday. We tried the cinnamon rolls. Um, How were those? My wife's opinion was that they had too much cinnamon. Um, she liked oh. she liked the outside more than the inside. So when she said that, I immediately went over and took the inside out of hers because that part was freaking delicious. Crazy. Um, but yes, no, that was good. <clears throat> but yes, Ole Anderson, his most important contribution to the world of professional wrestling is he was the voice of Shockmaster. Really? So when Shockmaster came out, Typhoon, Tugboat, Fred Ottman, in his sparkly um, Stormtrooper helmet, the voice that is then piped in, supposedly being Shockmaster's voice, is that of Ole Anderson. All right. Um, but yes. That's kind of sad that that would be his largest contribution. That's, it's not. I was, there was some jest in that. <clears throat> disagree. Uh, I can name one other thing that he's done. I am watching wrestling from 85, 86, and I am watching the Andersons, Arn and Ole. Um, I was never, having not watched a lot of WCW, all I knew... Let me correct you, by the way. Yes. I believe it is pronounced Ole. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Ole Anderson. And Ric Ric Flair cuts a promo in which he talks about Ole Anderson and his partner, Arnold. And I went, I've never in 40 years put together that it's Arnold Anderson, not Arn Anderson. Technically, technically now in, it's canon that it's Arnold Anderson. And I'm like, I, I don't know if I can function with that knowledge. <laughs> um, you know, all I knew about Ole Anderson was he was a, a jackass. He had a reputation of being <clears throat> not yeah. particularly nice, not particularly uh, a great racially sensitive person. Um, you know, he's better wrestler than I gave him credit for. I will say that. Uh, and, yeah. you know, the birth of the horseman is a pretty good story with Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA and all of that. Um, but, yeah. So, you know, that was a uh, unfortunate news. And then today, yeah. Now, you were watching, I believe. Were you watching the Million Dollar Man Virgil era? Oh, yeah. I don't remember what show it was, but when he turned on Ted DiBiase, was that a Royal Rumble or something? It was big. That was big stuff. I don't remember True if it's drama. a drama. Yeah, it's either a Royal Rumble or a SummerSlam, and then it's it would whatever it's the other one they wind up fighting. So it might be a Royal Rumble. And then they wind up having a match at SummerSlam or something like that, in which I think Virgil wins. Um, yeah, he I don't never remember Virgil being a particularly good wrestler. He was a, if a memory serves, he was a boxer, and so that would track. You know, he's not terrible because he would then go to WCW. He'd be part of the NWO. He'd eventually be part of the West Texas Rednecks with Kurt Henning where he was known as Curly Bill, which is a hilarious name. <laughs> yeah, that's um, great. You know, was he a good wrestler? I don't think so, but his career lasted probably 15, 20 years and, you know, was always yeah, I at think the- all that stuff with uh, Ted DiBiase. Um, that's like real classic moment stuff. Oh, I don't think you sure. can deny that. For sure, yeah. for sure. 
Um, but yes, so you know, uh, sad. You know, uh, how old was he? I don't recall. I know he had uh, been diagnosed an o- with an Olay for that matter. Uh, I know he had been diagnosed with dementia in 2022. Virgil had Mike Joan. Um, so I am not necessarily sure. I don't think he was that old. I want to say it was like he was 61, 60, 61 and then Ole Anderson. 81. Oh, oh wow. faster than um, I Google foo. Google foo. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. Okay. But yes. So, uh, you know, uh, unfortunate in, in Ole's case, he's 81 years old. Uh, you know, is a still a big bucket of win. Thank you, Ralph. Um, or Kev, whichever. Actually, I think Kev's the one that says that. But um, I'm trying to think of any other major news. I don't. Was the last pay-per-view was eliminated? Did Elimination Chamber happen? I think that has happened since we talked. So Elimination Chamber from Australia did happen. I watched it. I watched that. That's a place in Australia. It is. I watch. Oh, you you'll know because if you watch it, um, it's it's a three and a half four hour show, and close to half of that is advertisements for the wonder wonders and beauty of a of Australia. It's half wrestling show, half travel channel. Um, huh. which you know normally I watch. PLEs or at five in the morning. Um, and I can fast forward because they're from the night before. This one was live, and I kept, I literally at two or three times tried to fast forward and realized I was unable to and was sad. <clears throat> the highlight of the night was we see wrestlers coming in to the arena. Here's Liv Morgan. Here's Rhea Ripley. Here comes Kevin Owens carrying a koala into the arena. Uh, Who carried it? Kevin Owens. Tracks. Yeah. Somebody tweeted out something like, you know, did he find one of the 10% of koalas that doesn't have hepatitis or herpes or whatever it was? Um, interesting. Kind of reminds me of a big koala bear. He does. Interestingly enough, and it made sense once I actually stopped and thought about it. Uh, the main event of the evening was not an elimination chamber match. It was Rhea Ripley defending her title against main event Nia Jax. Great. I will say, and I this tracks, I've seen multiple other people also say it, <clears throat> possibly the best Nia Jax match I've ever seen. I understand the bar is low. But in this big moment... She didn't hurt anybody. She, you know, it was a good match. I was, I was sports entertained, as they say. At one point, she puts Rhea on the like commentary table, stands on one of those wheelie computer chairs, and jumps off to do like an elbow. I was like, oh, this is going to end in disaster. Because I don't know if you've ever tried to stand on a wheelie chair. It's, I have. It's not easy. It's terrifying. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> the the chamber matches were good. Uh the women's match I think was was better than the men's. The the issue that I had was that the people that you thought were going to win won. Which then at the end of the day you're like, well then why watch? Because 
Everybody was pretty sure Becky was going to win, and then she did. Everyone was pretty sure Drew McIntyre was going to win, and then he did. So for those of us who do like the element of surprise, we didn't quite get it, but they were good. Shows were good. Well, that's... Are you planning to watch AEW uh, Revolution? I believe that is this weekend. I wasn't, but um, I don't know. Arsacist GQ, get back to me. Uh, this will be the oh. final, supposedly the final match of Sting's career. Nobody cares. Okay. I mean, maybe somebody does, but. Do you, would you like to know more about the show or do you really not care? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, let's Sting see. Sting fa- is facing who? Sting is teaming with Darby Allen. Um, to take on the the EVPs, Generation Me, the Bucks of Youth. Out of curiosity, is is Sting disappearing after this, or is he just going to only be a manager after this? Great question. I don't know the answer. I assume he might take some time off, <clears throat> but I don't know. He could just still show up in Darby's corner, or I don't know. But this will be his last in-ring performance, I believe. Okay. Uh, You will also see Orange Cassidy versus Roderick Strong. Who? Roderick Strong. Don't recall. Okay. Uh, You will see... uh, Is he the one with or without a personality? I was going to say without, and then now he's doing this thing with the neck brace and the glasses... And I kind of feel like he found a personality someplace. Oh, really? I think so. Good for him. Uh, in a triple threat match for the AEW World Championship, Samoa Joe will take on Hangman Page and Swerve Strickland. Wait. Say that again? In a three-way match for the AEW World title, your AEW champion... Samoa Joe will take on Hangman Page. Is he not injured? Supposedly not. It's on the thing. Maybe they're going to change the match. Or am I thinking of Adam Cole? Adam Cole is injured. Again, right? Yeah. Like he had just come back with like that stuff with the devil or whatever. Well, he was still injured for that too. Oh. They decided to pay off that story with an injured wrestler. So he wasn't cleared. Yeah, because I don't think he had a match. I think he just like he came out to the ring on crutches and then, you know, the lights went off and then he's there sitting in a chair. Supposedly as the devil, I think I I don't watch, so I suppose I could be wrong with the details. Uh, Tony Storm versus Deanna Perrazzo. Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson. Mm. Uh, Christian Cage versus Danson Daniel Garcia. Mm. FTR versus the Blackpool Combat Club. That'll be a good match. Because that's Moxley and Claudio. So that'll be fun. That'll be good. That'll be good. So. But yes, that will be. Did you mention any women's matches? Tony Storm versus Deanna Perrazzo. 
that will probably be lackluster. It's, it's currently the only one. Um, but yes, March third. So Sunday, they're they're still doing the Sunday pay per views. All right. So, well, again, GQ, Arsacist, Rochelle, let me know what's going on. Um, I did get a text message from the Arsacist. Yeah, he still does improv. Did you know that? I have a vague recollection of that. Yeah, he does it. Um, you know, in our in our capital city. Yeah, and they're doing something this weekend, a Herald Marathon. I think we've. T- I think the last time we talked about this was the last Herald Marathon. Well, there's a new Herald starting every half hour. From 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. But see, here's the problem. What if a Herald lasts longer than half an hour? Do they have These enough? These ones do not. Oh. I'm a, well, I'm assuming. Or do they have like multiple Heralds happening at the same time? And I'm actually kind of confused, and maybe I should actually text him back. But I see this was from yesterday, and I forgot. So, Arsacist, apologies. I will try to answer you, maybe even right now. Um it's, he says if either of us had any interest in dipping a toe back into improv and then gives the information. But I'm confused. Does that mean we could participate in these heralds if we went? Or is he just saying, come and watch? I'm assuming it's an invitation to come and watch. And then if we enjoy it, we could then. But I don't know. Is this a professional group? Is this a just local? We do it for fun with whoever we have. I believe it's a professional sort of group, but it might be our other like, our other former uh, improv. I believe so. Okay, because I know at one point there was um, some former people that had kind of started their own thing based out of you know, not the capital city, but like west of the capital city. Um, I was not going to join that group for various reasons, but it was kind of nice to know they were still doing something. I don't know that they're still doing it. This might've been probably a decade ago, but well, interesting. I hope it is a fantastic time. I hope it is a fantastic time. The 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. Holy cow. That is a long time to do improv. That is a lot. I'm guessing that they must like swap people out. That's what. Right? Yeah, I'm assuming you go for shifts. Like I, I can come. The narcissist would not be performing at the top of his game for. To be fair, uh, two things. Number one, I have the utmost faith in the narcissist's dedication. He would try to do it. And oh, number yeah. number two. There is something to be said about any improviser in like hour 12. I'm sure at that point it's real funny because that's probably true. You know, I think if, if the narcissist is still doing it at 10 PM, he must spend the last four hours only selling back soup at a deli. <laughs> if that is the only, no matter what the suggestion is, no matter what the crowd work is, that is the only thing he is doing, even if he's I just off. went to their website and then I went clicked through to their Facebook. Yeah. The Herald Marathon is back. The tradition, the challenge, the shenanigans, the hours of Herald's are on the first Saturday of March. We're holding a Marathon Herald practice, an opportunity for you to complete as many Heralds as you can 
in one day. All levels are welcome. It's an awesome, low-key event for experts and newbies alike. Whether you're looking to get to know other improvisers, get a lot of Herald practice, or you're one of many of us who've been looking for a quick way to shake off, shake the rust off altogether, there will be plenty of experienced improvisers there to help guide you through the form and to hang out throughout the day. Drop in any time. Heralds will start every 30 minutes, beginning at 9 a.m. From 9 to 6, we will be in the studios, fourth floor above the theater. There will be a short break from 6 to 10 p.m. for the regularly scheduled shows. From 10 to 2 a.m., we'll be in the theater with our full bar and stage available. So it's really not from 9 to 2. It's from 9 to 6 and then 10 to 2. Yes, it sounds like. No but there, tickets, but just the, show up. One dollar per herald at the door. Wow. Huh. Okay. Uh, it hurts a little bit because <clears throat> I really thought a herald was going to work. It didn't. <laughs> the reason I'll tell you the reason it didn't work. You weren't there. I wasn't there. It would have had. If you if if you know anything about Doc Manson at this point, I I have my hand up, but I'm staring at it like I'm Booker <laughs> T. But if you know anything about Doc Manson, it's, is I take this hand, I reach into the chest of things, and I keep hearts pumping manually. <laughs> I could have made that Herald work. I'm sure of it. <clears throat> I am sure you could have. I, sh- I the the folly I feel thinking that I could have done it without you. <laughs> Yeah, right. He's dying. Oh no, I've killed him. I think it was the word folly. I think the fact that I used the word folly so casually. Um, I believe he spat water all over the floor. <laughs> I got most of it in the water glass, but that's all backwashed now, so I can't have any more of that. Oh. oh. <laughs> Oh, God, I swallowed so much water into my lungs. I'm sorry. <clears throat> oh, my wife is laughing. She's, she's <laughs> so happy that I'm, she's about to be single again. Oh, <laughs> oh good. Oh, you're here. Thank God. Oh, so, oh, I, oh God. Oh, God, I just, can I just get some more water? That'd be, that'd be fantastic. You can just fetch that. Oh, maybe get me some CPR. Oh, man. <laughs> she was gonna give you CPR until you said fetch. Now she's just gonna watch you die. Well, that's true. That's true. Podcast at ddtwrestling.com. I I honestly I was I was glad to see the arsicist. Um I don't think we've gone over all the details. The arsicist and I have had a very interesting uh relationship the last 20 years, but I, I am pleased to see him every time I do. Um, so I hope this Herald Marathon uh, is a rousing success, and he will be Ronda Rousing. Is that success? He is. He is a fantastic uh, improviser, the best of all of us. Our first email, and up until about you know thirty-five minutes before showtime, the only email uh, came from Pav <clears throat> International PLEs. Hi, guys. I'm very shocked to hear about the recent news that has shocked the world. President Bill Clinton has been having an affair with his intern, Monica Lewinsky. It's made big news here in the UK. 
The most amusing part was one of Raven's flock this past week on Nitro, holding a sign saying, hug your intern. What a way to start the year. I don't know why, but just this last week, I saw like news articles that were like, Mata Lewinsky at 50 years old is like smoking hot or, or whatever. And yeah, like there's photos of Monica Lewinsky at 50 people magazine, I guess. And like, that's an attractive lady. Cigar hot. So, you know, you know I don't know. Well, if you were around for the Monica Lewinsky scandal, you found that amusing. Uh, mm. After this week's PLE in Perth, <clears throat> what countries would you like WWE to go to next? Ireland would be somewhere I think would be cool, especially for a Sheamus retirement match. France and Germany are booked hey. for this year, so I would go outside of Europe, maybe Singapore. Where would you have them go? Pav. Fun fact, Jeffrey Chaucer, who was known as the outstanding English poet before Shakespeare, and credited with creating the English language, used to refer to the word wardrobe as the definition of a toilet from the Encyclopedia Britannica. Imagine saying you need to be excused to use the wardrobe. Um, they've done. I don't think I can. Jeffrey Chunk. Credited with creating the English language? That doesn't sound right. I never read a lot of. I don't think I've read any Chaucer. There, there is a, there is a. He did the Canterbury Tales, right? Correct. So I read that. There is yeah. a gap in my. I think because I took, I took AP classes in high school for English, so I did not have to take any literature classes at university. So there's a whole series of things that I didn't read. Um, they've gone to India. They've gone to the Middle East. We know all about that. They've gone to... Chaucer is sometimes considered the source of the English vernacular tradition. His achievement for the language can be seen as part of a general historic trend towards the creation of a vernacular literature. After the example of Dante in many parts of Europe, although Chaucer's language is much closer to modern English than the text of Beowulf, such that, unlike that of Beowulf, a modern English speaker with a large vocabulary of archaic words may understand it. It differs enough that most pub publications will modernize his idiom. So are we saying modern English? Is that what we're talking about here? I guess here? so, yeah. Guess He's so. maybe the transition from ye olde English to modern English? Um, this fear boasteth that he knoweth L.A., and God if woot that it is little wonder. Freres and Fendes been but light asunder. This friar boasts that he knows hell, and God knows that it is little wonder friars and fiends are seldom far apart. Interesting. All right. I'm sorry. You were saying about on topic here. I got I'm, distracted I'm by saying, the fact. I'm saying episode 401, Doc and DC do a chronological reading of Shakespeare. I'm we, down for Cha Chaucer. I don't know. We will now Chaucer, do Chaucer. There's Chaucer, no man, right? Chaucer. Chaucer. We will now do a two-person reading of The Tempest. <laughs> I would love to do the collected works of Edgar Allan Poe with you. Uh, I'm not kidding. If we decided to pivot and do that, <laughs> I'm all in. DC and Doc read the classics. 
Not against it. Not against it either. Uh, uh, I would have them go to Bangkok because it's funny. Yeah, I was going to say China's is out. Is that still funny or is that just is that just like culturally, culturally insensitive now? Both. Did you ever do that? The Bangkok thing like in high school? Did I ever do the Bangkok thing? Yeah. Please, please enlighten <laughs> me. Doc Manson. When you would say to one of your male friends, hey, what is the capital of Thailand? And they would respond, Bangkok. And then you would very quickly hit them in their junk. No. Is that something that you were aware of in, say, high school or even earlier? Um, or is I, this the first you were hearing of it? No, I was, I was aware of it. But no, that was not something I I partook in. I Did was, you ever partake in the punch buggy phenomenon? Yes. It's not too dissimilar, just with was, less cock touching. Was that the thing with the door handle, <laughs> or is that a di- Jesus? Was that a was that a different thing? That I don't remember there being a door handle thing. Or that was just like if you, you had saw keep... a bug go by, you said punch buggy, and you hit no. somebody. Let me look it up. Punch person door handle. Let's see what Google says about that. Nope, just advertising door oh. handle. Now you're on a list. <laughs> um, I think the answer is either I'd like... To, they did Japan. No, they did Japan because they did Brock Lesnar versus... Was it New Day? And then you had Balor. I think it's South America. I think it's South America or Africa. Um, but yeah, I think those are the those are the the options there. Thank you for the email, Pav. Brandon Banks, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. Hope you guys talked a little bit about Olay today and Virgil and Richard Lewis. We didn't talk about Richard Lewis. We did not. Who's Richard Lewis? Um, he is a comedian. He was on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, he is in. Uh, is he? he he plays uh, Prince John in Robin Hood Men in Tights. So you'll recognize him when you see him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw him on a, some some episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. I haven't watched all of that show, but I've watched like, well, not much at all. I've probably watched some of the first season of that show. I, I've, I I recognize him from there, but yeah, I tweeted out today. A mime is a terrible thing to waste. <clears throat> and I like, I think Glenn, I love you. Glenn responded with like a gif of a mime. And I'm like, I hope, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to provide the context anymore. That's a great line that Richard Lewis said. I'm just posting. happy. 398. Is that what we're on? It yeah. is. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Oh, and keep up the work sent from my iPhone. Thank you very much to you, Mr. Banks. Next up is Glenn. Please don't go again. Hi, guys. Even if everyone else has lost interest, I'm still listening and don't know what I'd do without you both. I understand how hard it is to motivate yourselves to actually record weekly, but you'll always have my support and love. Thanks for brightening my week, Glenn. Double N, period. The hardest thing these last couple of weeks has not been the recording. Motivating myself to do the recording has been no problem. Sitting down to talk with my good friend, great. However, 
editing the stupid thing together and actually remembering to post it onto our podcast host has proven to be something that I have that has just completely fallen out of my brain um, from before. So apologies for the late podcast the last two weeks. I will try to be better this week. I, I think this also means if we go beyond 400 and we're reading Edgar Allan Poe and all of this stuff, uh, no editing. It just gets posted immediately. And our well, last email comes in. Oh, yes. Good buddy. I wanted Nathaniel. to hear about Vegas. Good evening, DC and Doc. Vegas was one of the best trips I've ever been on, and I loved it. Big cities in general, I really like, and I'm fascinated with. We walked about 70,000 steps over the weekend. We also went in just about every casino, and the way they were all uniquely decorated and designed, I really loved. We placed a few sports bets, took a bus tour to the Hoover Dam, and had a few tequila shots Saturday night. It was my first, and they were awful. You're not wrong about that, Nate. You're not wrong about that at all. What is the coolest place you've ever been? Fondest vacation memory? If you guys ever have kids, where is the first, first, where were, where is the first place you'd want to take them when they come of age? Appreciate you both. I'm having a stroke over here all the time. Appreciate you both. Have a joyous weekend. Your bestie, bestie, Nate. Nate. My goodness. Um, Coolest place I've ever been. Well, that's X-rated, and I probably can't say it on the air. In terms of physical location or just... Aren't they all? I suppose, yeah. Technically true. Uh, let me think. Coolest place I've ever been. Hmm. I don't go cool places. Um, I did. Oh, okay. Uh, after graduating high school, our French club, of which I was the president, as GQ has told us many times, um, Every other year, took a trip to Europe. This was probably the only chance my parents and I were ever going to have to go, you know, with a group that knew this stuff. So the the entire Matthews family went. The champ, Mama Matthews, and I flew across. Um, and there is a city in southeast France along a lake um, at the foot of the Swiss Alps known as Annecy. A-N-N-E-C-Y. And I could have stayed, if I could have stayed there, I think I would have, because it was just gorgeous and picturesque and everything you hope kind of small town Europe to be. And I would say that is probably the coolest place I've ever been. And I would like to go back at some point. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything like that. Never been to Europe you um, you did drive cross country to go work for a major, like it's not a vacation spot necessarily, no. but that had to be cool to go do that for a summer. Yeah, that was cool. But like, I mean, it's all. I mean, like, I went to like Chicago and I went to the top of 
which is it used to be called the Sears Tower. Now it's called Willis Tower. Yeah. Willis Tower, the sky deck, like being going all the way up there and standing on plexiglass and looking down like that's kind of cool or, you know, all the different um, the Capitol, D.C., going to the Smithsonian, mm. seeing all that stuff is kind of cool. You know, they have like those aeronautical museums where they've got like the space shuttles and the planes and all that kind of stuff like that's cool. But like, I don't know. That's that's like touristy stuff. I don't know. Um, and you're right. The cross country thing and being down there at NASA for the summer working there was kind of cool. But like, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it, it's it's different. I don't know. It's not like a cool like travel location. <sighs> Although like New Orleans was really fun and the food was great and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you know, somewhere in there, maybe. I also really enjoyed Disney World. I don't know that I would enjoy it so much anymore. But, like, again, going to a place where you don't have to drive and it's all public transportation and it's just this sort of insulated little world and there's fun rides and good food. And yeah, that's always appealed to me. But I don't know if I'll go back. But <coughs> Fondest vacation memory. Hmm. Tricky, 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 tricky. Uh, you know, we, we tend to do, um, oh, <clears throat> I don't know if this is my actual one. This is the one I will say, um, going to the vineyard, we left our hotel and walked from the town we were in to the next town, which was not terribly far, but probably three or four miles. Um, and we walked there early in the morning um, because there was a bakery in the next town that we had heard a lot about and they had churros. And so it's like 7.38 in the morning. We get there. We have some churros. We have some pastry. Um, that was very cool, being able to you know, just do that and enjoy the walk in the morning air and then go have some delicious uh, baked goods. Quite the delight. Uh, is it my all-time fondest memory? I don't know, but that's the one I'm thinking of at the moment. And as you were talking, I, I got to thinking about um, a cool haunted attraction that I've talked about probably on this show many years ago in New Hampshire, the Haunted Overload. Yes. To me, that's actually probably one of the coolest places I've ever been. Like, that place just feels like Halloween. It's so well done, put together, and fun. And like... Yeah, that place has just a an atmosphere around it that really speaks to my soul as a Halloween horror guy. So that might that might be pretty high up there, actually. Very unique uh, in the entire world, I would say. Well worth traveling to see as well, I think. Um, but yeah, maybe that. That's not a bad answer. Anyways, yeah. <clears throat> the the if we if we would ever have kids, where we'd like to go when they come of age, um, what age? I, you know, I think going to to a place like Disney with children, there is probably some magical moments to that. I think of all the stressful pieces that go along with that, but that's probably the right answer. Um, yeah, probably. Though maybe not taking yeah. taking a young person to the haunted overload for the very first time, whatever age you think that would be appropriate, probably also fairly magical. Yeah. 
Uh, thank you to Nate and Glenn and Banks and Pav. We appreciate your emails as always. Dr. Manson, once again, I will surprise you by saying it is time for your piece of positivity. What do you got for us? What's going on? What's good? What's happy and getting you through uh, these last days of February? Tomorrow is leap day for us. Uh haven't had one since 2020 yes it only happened like once every four years or something correct um i think my piece of positivity is probably a project that i've been working on although i fell off of working on it for the last few weeks with everything that was going on um but i started up again end of last week and i finally finished it yesterday i have built my lego ecto one oh that is exciting i would say i was hoping for season two of horrid but building the ecto one very yeah cool. no how is Horrid's it never how's it look um it looks great i think it's really fun it was a really fun build i think it was really cool um thank you again to friend of the show rochelle for helping mrs manson source that thing uh, yeah, it was a, I had a lot of fun putting it together. The problem is now I need to get myself some new furniture in the office. I need to get a new bookshelf behind me so I can actually get some space to display that bad boy. It's also larger than I thought it would be. I don't know. It's probably like 18 inches long or something. It's wow. pretty big. Um, and the other thing, too, that I didn't realize until after I finished it. I don't know what possessed me. I just I, cause I searched Amazon like the, the night I finished it just to see because it occurred to me. That Lego is like this big hobbyist thing. There's probably like aftermarket stuff. And I found on Amazon, like all sorts of different kits for this Ecto one. Like they have like led light kits where like I could light up the, like the siren lights and the headlights and all that kind of stuff off a battery or plug it in via USB to get it to light up for like display purposes. I saw someone else that sells a kit that puts like servos and motors in there. And so you can control it with a remote control and actually get it moving around. Wow. Like all that stuff I think is really, really cool. And I wish I had looked it up earlier because looking at some of like the videos and directions, it really does look like it would have made the most sense to do that as I was assembling it to begin with. And to try to now do something like that after the build is complete looks like complete and utter folly to me. Um, eh? It's the word of the night. It's gonna be but yeah, I don't know. <coughs> So that stuff looks cool, and I don't know. Uh, it made me start thinking what my next build could be. Am I going to be one of those adults that get way into Lego? I doubt it because it's really expensive, and I'm kind of too frugal for it, and I don't have a connection working at the company anymore. So something tells me probably not. But I don't know. Like, maybe. I just, out of curiosity, I was like, they got to have a Lego firehouse like the ghostbusters firehouse it's discontinued unfortunately yeah you can buy it on somewhere stock x reputable website stock x for 685 dollars that's yeah that's crazy <clears throat> i have um a cousin who is very big into lego um, and has put together many kits and things. I always get, <clears throat> so you put it together. So you're never going to take it apart and then put it together again, right? You've made it. You're now going to keep it as is. 
probably. And, you know, because of how complicated the kit is, if you were to disassemble this thing, I don't know that you, it would be a struggle to put it back together. Um, not to say you couldn't, but the way that they ship it initially, like they ship it with like very clear directions. And like this section of the manual is built for like bags, bag number one. It's like you, and there's multiple bag mark number one. So you open up those bags, you do that part of the manual and you move on to bag two. You do that. You know what I mean? It's like to just disassemble it. You wouldn't know where things came from. So like following the directions would become that much more difficult. Um, and again, you could just do a random search and hunt and peck for it if you just built split everything apart. But I think that would be that would take exponential more exponentially more time than okay. it did the organized way that it comes initially. So I probably not, you know, probably not. I would say it'll probably just exist as is until one day I drop it off my shelf accidentally. It splits into a million pieces. Oh, no. I look <coughs> at it and say, huh? And that's then the it end goes into a box somewhere. Yeah. You're going to put it in like a glass case, to keep it from breaking. Maybe plexiglass. Yeah. 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 I saw one on Amazon, which again is the right size for it. It's got this backdrop, which is clearly like the wheat fields from Ghostbusters Afterlife. So I can nice. put it right on there. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. Can't wait. Well, very, very cool. I'm glad you How had, about you? I'm glad you had some time to do something fun and relaxing like that. Uh, I am also going to name something fun and relaxing. You know, I was uh, a, a kid who, if you gave me a notebook and some dice uh, and, you know, time to think of a list of wrestlers, I was going to be entertained for hours and hours and hours. Um, and so... You know, I, I am approaching the end of my watching of 2005 back catalog wrestling. I'm right up to Survivor Series 2005. Um, and so it is time for me to do something. I started with 2004, uh, looking at Pro Wrestling Illustrated's PWI 500, their list of the 500 um, top wrestlers of 2005. Uh, going through making up a, a tournament and trying to figure out if my list of who I thought had the best 2005 matches up with their list. Um, and I'm quite excited because uh, the number one wrestler that year, Batista, makes sense. He had a very good year. The number 500 wrestler, oddly enough, Nick Nemeth. AKA Dolph Ziggler was ranked as the five number 500 um, in PWI <clears throat> for, for 2005, probably the most successful wrestler to ever occupy that spot in history. Um, and so I started uh, doing that. Of course, it's going to wind up being a couple of episodes of the joy of booking. And, you know, at one point I asked myself, I believe as I'm recording, is this good content? And then proceeded to be like, you know what? No, this is exactly what I would have done as an 11-year-old. Uh, I don't care if it's good content or not. I'm having a great time. So I'm sure it is good content. I hope so. I hope that this was good content. I hope that you do not feel like listening to this episode was folly. Uh, Doc Manson, anything else you would like to say before we head out into that good night? 
Not really. Okay. <clears throat> uh, if you'd like to have your thoughts read in the air, send us an email, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. If you like what you've heard, and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling. Become our patron. Yes. Keep this show running far into the future. Quoth the Manson, nevermore. Uh, and, and do me a favor, those of you on blue, well, you're not going to hear this. So I'm going to actually have to send this elsewhere. <clears throat> but in the future, on Blue Sky, hit up Doc Manson on Blue Sky and be like, hey, how's the podcast coming? It'll be a little gentle reminder that, you know, maybe he should edit it. Do people talk about it on Twitter still? Glenn, they, like, asked, the podcast? Glenn asked me on Saturday morning um, with just a, hey, not sure what's going on, if everybody's okay. Uh, just, you know, curious, hadn't seen the podcast drop yet. And my response was, shrug? So. Doc Manson's a real, real dick, a real dickhole. No. And it was one of those, I, you're, <laughs> I'm giving you all the space you need to try to figure that out. I'm not sure what's going on and all of that. So I I'm not going to get forgetful. We are getting old. I'll be honest. I never used to like um, edit the podcast right after the podcast because it used to be way back in the day. It would take a while to export yes. and then upload. So like it didn't make any sense to do it right away. These days it exports so damn quickly. But we've been recording already for as long as we have. And I'm like, eh, I'm not going to do it now. So I usually just do it the day after like I used to do anyways. But now. I forget the next day and after our little break, it just did not pop into my brain until the weekend. <clears throat> Sometimes Mrs. Manson gets a text message from Rochelle. That's like, Hey, where's the podcast? I was going to drive somewhere. It'd be really cool. If we have, if I had a podcast to listen to, which is good because otherwise I would never get a reminder. So I, I had to look today before sending the the message chiding the the besties for not sending us emails, I had to look because I'm like, I don't even know if it got posted because Glenn asked about it. I sent the shrugging emoji and then I forgot about it. So did I it get posted. Yes, it did. Great. It did. It did. <laughs> I believe it's DC gets a new ad blocker is the title of the episode. Oh, yeah. there we go. How's that mu block working for you? Uh, it's, it's doing well. It's doing well. Great. Great. I believe this the the episode for this. This title for this episode really just needs to be folly. One word. There you go. Mick Folly? Mm, could be Mick Folly. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Have yourselves a fantastic week. Until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie?